G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Recently, I was reading a book I purchased many years ago. I was about a third of the way through and started to feel myself coming more and more under condemnation. The reason was soon apparent. There was an overemphasis on introspection. I kept looking inward at my life and coming under condemnation. My focus had shifted from Jesus and His righteousness to me and my lack of righteousness. When I realized this, I quickly transferred my focus and confidence back onto Jesus. Problem solved. Satan knows that if he can get us to be preoccupied with guilt, he will confine us to the past and its failures. We will never be free to pursue a new beginning. Forgiveness is our only hope. Dr. Billy Graham said forgiveness is the most beautiful word in the English dictionary. Now many know that they are forgiven with their mind, but not with their heart. They don't feel forgiven and consequently live powerless lives. Dear friend, God is not the author of the feeling of guilt and condemnation. Until we experience the finality of the cross, we will never experience the power of the resurrection. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. And welcome to the program. Thank you for joining us. Phil here. And we're looking at forgiveness this week, something we all need to grapple with. And it's an interesting statement you just made there, Ken. Until we experience the finality of the cross, we will never experience the power of the resurrection. Yes, there's probably nothing as effective for keeping Christians weak and powerless as to make sure they struggle with sin consciousness. And Phil, one area where this is so clearly seen is in the matter of our forgiving those who have offended us. See, the more we get a revelation of the completeness of our forgiveness from God, the more empowered we will be to forgive others. Offense is a really interesting thing. It's such a big subject that we all grapple with. We struggle with it at times, and we just can't let go of offenses sometimes. Yeah. Uh, Throughout my years as a pastor, I've come across several bitter people. How did they get this way? Well, of course, bitterness is not a sudden thing. People don't wake up one day bitter. Uh, There's a process that brings people to a state of bitterness. In fact, I believe that there are actually three distinct stages in the process. Mm -hmm. They are anger, resentment, and then bitterness. So let's just look at those for a little while, Phil. First of all, anger is a response to a hurt or an offense. Anger as such is not sinful. It's simply the way we respond to something that isn't right. For example, we may get angry at an injustice or at someone else's selfish behavior or because of the suffering in third world countries and so on. In fact, the scriptures tell us that both God and Jesus were angry at times. So we could go so far as to say that in some circumstances, it would be sinful not to be angry. Mm, That's interesting because the scripture is, of course, uh, be angry but sin Sin not. not, yeah. But in some circumstances, it's sinful not to be angry at things. Yeah, because not every kind of anger is proper. There's both righteous anger and sinful anger. Mm. So what's the difference? Well, anger becomes sinful when it's destructive. That's the key. Now, sinful anger can be expressed either externally or internally. You know, we either vent our anger or we internalize it. 
People express their anger externally by blowing up, usually, by lashing out at others either verbally or physically. In this case, anger is destructive to others. Mm. Then others direct their anger internally by clamming up, in which case their anger is destructive to self. Paul says, be angry, but do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath and don't give place to the devil. Yes, well, that's very nice, Paul, but uh, it's kind of easier said than done sometimes. <laughs> Do you find that? I agree, yeah. But, you know, Paul did say in another place that no trial is too great for us because God will always give us a way of escape. I like that, a way of escape. Now, what does that mean? Well, it may refer to the fact that he'll always give us grace uh, for every situation, so we, we won't be on our own, you know. Uh, we can call upon God's grace. But it may also be a reference to the fact that often in our anger, God gives us a chance to back out before it does escalate into that, which we just spoke about, that destructive behavior. Mm. Now, there's a good illustration of that, uh, Phil, in the Bible. You remember David, um, when he was out there in the wilderness, chased out there by a Saul, he had to live out there in the desert. And uh, while he was out there, he came across this man called Nabal. Mm. And the Bible says that he and his men were a wall to Nabal. They protected him. You know, they really looked after him out there. And then there was a time when he needed some help. So he sent his men to see if they could give him some provisions so they could eat and, you know, be refreshed. And uh, Nabal responded uh, in an insulting way. He said, oh, who's this guy, David? You know, many, many servants break away from their master, in, in basically implying that he was just a rebel. He'd just uh, gotten offside with Saul and, you know, why should I help someone like that? Mm. Now, when David's men came back with that reply, the Bible says that, David was anger. You know, he says, every man gird his sword. You know, we're going to go to battle. We're going we're gonna to lop off a few heads here. He, he must have been really ropeable, you know. Mm. And so off he goes, you know, with the swords swinging in the air, just about to uh, take a few lives. But in the meantime, uh, this man Nabal's wife, Abigail, hears about it. So she understands what's going on here. She gets all these provisions together and she rushes out to meet David and stops him in his tracks. And David realizes that this is the hand of God. He says, you know, may God be thanked for you today because, you know, if you hadn't come out to meet, to meet me, then surely many lives would have been lost and blood would have been upon my hand. Could you imagine the conversation when she got home? That, <laughs> now, Nabal, when are you ever going to learn? <laughs> well, you know, you know what he says, actually, when he heard that, I think he, it's almost like he turned into a stone like he, because yeah. I think he was drunk at the time or something like that. But when he realized the consequences, you know, it's like the blood drained out of his yeah. face. <laughs> She'd be saying, I, you know, I really love you, but yeah. there's this one thing you need to change. But anyway, we're getting off track here. I guess the thing about anger is that it just doesn't go away by saying, I'm not going to be angry, does it? No, that's right. Uh, but, you know, immediately prior to that verse where, you know, we're told, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Paul says this, let each one of you speak truth. In fact, in verse 15 of the same chapter, we're exhorted to speak the truth in love. Now, unfortunately, the word confrontation today has a negative connotation when you think about it. Mm. But loving confrontation is a positive thing and is God's way of resolving our anger. Uh, there's a beautiful passage in the book of Leviticus uh, where it says this, Don't go around as a talebearer among your people. Uh, don't stand against the life of your neighbor. I'm the Lord your God. Don't hate your brother in your heart. You shall surely rebuke your neighbor and not bear sin because of him, you shall not take vengeance nor bear grudge against uh, the children of the of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, you think about all the different destructive alternatives that are mentioned there to loving confrontation. You know, people go around gossiping, uh, people going around bearing a grudge, 
Uh, they go around with hatred in their heart, planning revenge and all that sort of thing. Whereas God's way is speak the truth in love. Go and confront that person and just face-to-face in a loving way, have it out with them. Not necessarily going to be the easiest thing to do, but if we don't deal with anger in the correct way, it'll probably lead to the other two stages that you mentioned before. Yeah, let's quickly talk about those. The, the next stage then after anger is resentment. Now, the word resentment is from a Latin word, satire, which means to feel. Resentment then means to feel again and again. It's like watching a video of yourself going mm. through something you know, painful. You think, oh, no, that was awful. Then you press stop, rewind, play again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, you, know, you keep going over it and over it. Some people do that. They, they replay those offend, uh, offensive moments. And, and go through the pain continuously. Um, we read that when John the Baptist rebuked King Herod for marrying his brother's wife, Herodias said uh, that she held it against John, or it says of her that she held it against John. Another translation says that she nursed a grudge, or the literal meaning is she had it in for John. Mm. She didn't let it go. She was resentful. And then, of course, the next thing is bitterness. Okay, what's the difference between bitterness and resentment? Well, resentment is the poison that I release into myself. Bitterness, sorry, is the overflow of that. Yeah. So I can't contain it any longer. I'm actually infecting other people. Uh, the Bible speaks about those whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. They're, they're infecting other people with their hurt and with their resentment. Um, in the book of Hebrews, it says that we're to be careful that we don't allow a root of bitterness to spring up, which causes trouble, and by this many becomes defiled. Now, Phil... Tomorrow we're going to talk about how to deal with this kind of hurt and offence in a way that it doesn't get to that stage. Some help with something we all struggle with at times, forgiveness. And we'll continue our conversation tomorrow. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg, including the book What's Eating You, which features topics from today's message, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.